Oh my stars, I am so thrilled you're here. My name is Kai Graham and welcome to another episode in my podcast, The Parent and Teen Toolbox, which is designed to equip parents and teenagers with the tools for navigating adolescence. I've been in the trenches of parenting and now I'm on a mission to help parents support their teenagers so that together we can build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. Each week you will receive learnings and takeaways that will help you tackle the challenges and the oh shit moments that are often associated with parenting tweens and teens. I have your back and I'm glad you're here. Hello, you wonderful lot. How are you? I don't know about you, but many times throughout motherhood, I feel as though I lost myself along the way, uh, especially in the early years. Um, And I got to the stage in about about my 40s where I just thought, you know what, there's more to life than the school run. Um, I'm speaking to so many mums and many of them are feeling the same where they are um, wearing so many hats to, in order to support their family. And, um, you know, chief cook and bottle washer, doctor or nurse, um, you know, sort of arbitrator, um, chauffeur, you name it. There are so many different roles that we have to take on that somehow we just get lost amongst the mix. Well, if this resonates with you, I think you ought to stay tuned because today I'm speaking with Dan Reader. Now, Dan started out as a personal trainer, but he moved on to become a behaviour change and self-love coach. Having gone through his own rock bottom about four years ago, which left him officially homeless in £5,000 worth of debt and using drink and drugs to escape his emotions, he recognised that really something did indeed have to change. Now, that change came from turning inwards and he started to learn to love all the parts of himself that he had judged and shamed instead of looking for validation outside of himself. Now, over the last few years, Dan has indeed invested in coaches and therapy for his own healing. And it was about two years ago that he invested in a programme to become a coach himself. Lockdown and COVID gave him the opportunity to close his personal training studio, sell all his equipment and move across the country with his girlfriend and get really clear on what it was he wanted to create in the world. Self-love was what saved him and now it is his mission to help others start giving themselves the love that they crave first so that they never settle for any less than they deserve in relationships, health and life. Dan, I am so glad you're here. Um, It's going to be a real treat because you're going to help us mums get our shit together. Am I like? (laughs) I I, I think that's fair. But I I would quite like to backstep a bit because it's how did a guy like you get into this, um, you know, this arena of sort of clearly, clearly you're not um, uh, sort of, a female or you're not a mum and so how did you sort of tap into our psyche and realize oh my god this is what sort of you know the, these these women need so t- tell well, us a bit about your story and getting here so first of all thanks for inviting me on my pleasure um, and uh, that's a really good question actually um and I was brought up a Jehovah's Witness um throughout my childhood and I, I saw the impact that not only that religion had on me, but also the impact it had on my mum. My mum struggled with low self-worth and struggled with identity and confidence. And it was really all the things that me and my mum are very similar. We've struggled with very similar things. And when I got to a, a point in my life, I was probably late teens, 18, 19, something like that. I was more conscious of how this was affecting my life. And for me, I chose to go down the exercise gym route, putting on muscles effectively um, as a way to kind of, obviously, I I didn't see it that way at the time, but as a way to really just put on some body armor and show up in the world as someone that was confident. But actually underneath that body armor was still this little boy who was lacking loads of confidence. Um, And 
the more aware of my own struggles I became, the more aware I was that uh, I wanted to help people through through similar things. Yeah. So I became a personal trainer in my early 20s. Um, I had a couple of personal training studios. I was helping predominantly women and mums specifically. And some of the main struggles that they would come to me for was they struggled to feel like they actually had an identity once their kids had grown up. Like Their, their kids had grown up, they'd flown the nest, and then it, they were kind of in this limbo of, like, what do I do now? Who am I? I and so relate to that. It, yeah. it, 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 was, it was so funny because I wasn't even aware of this issue. And, you know, why would I be as a, you know, 20-year-old lad or, or whatever? But the more women that I worked with, the more I realised that this really was an issue. And it, it made me, like, be able to reflect more on, on my mum's life and my mum's journey and what she struggled with and potentially why she was struggling with identity since me and my brother grew up and, and sort of flew the nest. And when I got into my late 20s, um, I realised that actually that was the stuff that I really wanted to help people with. I wanted to help them with, you know, not only become fitter and healthier and, and love their bodies, but actually help them with the more emotional, deeper issues. Mm-hmm. And once I recognised that that's what I wanted to do, I started to learn coaching. And really, that has just, just become my passion, being able to help people with all the emotional blocks, as well as create the healthy habits and routines to really create an identity for themselves for, as the person that they really want to be, rather than you know, feeling like they don't really know who they are or, or what their place in the world is. I mean, that's that's what I was going to sort of say. Is is um, I, I I can so relate to what you're saying. I can so relate to the sort of fact that um, for years and years, you know, sort of even even you know, so I have been a stay at home mum, but I've also been you know, I've, I've also been a, a mum that ha- has sort of been working, and and um, yeah, the the, the working mum has that identity of you know whatever job or whatever career or business she's running or in, but still as a woman as a as a sort of human being, it we we sort of lose that sense of self. Um, our kids certainly don't look at us as anything other than a sort of chief cook and bottle washer and a nurse <laughs> and a chauffeur and all that sort of blimmin' stuff, but. I, I think the thing is, is that for, for, for many of us, and, and for me included, until I found uh, a, a coach, I sort of wasn't really sure, A, what I wanted to do, and B, how the heck yeah. I was going to find my identity to begin with. You know, it, yeah. it's, a, you, it, it, it's a very sort of subtle shift. You know, you sort of, you, you start losing, or, or actually, I, I suppose, when you have a babe in arms, you're all consumed anyway. So, but but you... As, as a woman, you sort of start hitting the, the the sort of slippery slope, and and it's really quite hard to put the brakes on and say, right, okay, I'm I mean, even have the courage to reinvent ourselves. So how yeah. do we do that? How do we go about sort of saying, you know, because I didn't even know what I liked, for goodness sake. I knew that I couldn't stand the Teletubbies. I knew I couldn't sort of, you know, I I, I was sick to death of fish fingers, and I was, you know, and <laughs> and, and and all those sort of things. But I had yeah. no blimmin' idea where even to start. So what do we do yeah. there? I think the first thing is to make sure that you're not coming from a place of of shame, and you're not you're not coming from a a space of I'm not good enough as the person that I am now. Because if you're coming from a place of I'm not good enough as the person that I am now, nothing that you try and do from that place will make you feel good enough. So it's it's really looking at yourself and acknowledging that, you know, you've you've been a mum, you've you've done one of the hardest things that anyone could ever do, and you've you've done it well. And then from that place, you can then start to look at. So what actually is it that I want for my life? And the way that I sort of coach my clients through this is being able to create like a, a strong emotional why. Like what, why is it important that, you know, they find their identity or, or create a new identity? Like why is it important for them to be a positive role model for their children? Like why is it really important? Because I mean, for most people, they'll say, well, 
obviously it's important. It's, you know, it's, it's very straightforward why it's important. But actually, if you're just going on someone else's expectations of why it would be important for you to, you know, prioritise self-love and, and look after yourself, then again, you're not actually doing it for yourself. So you're not being able to create your identity. You're creating an identity that is basically being put on you. And I, I think that's quite right. And and I think, um, personally speaking, when I was going through, you know, down this sort of spiral, um, I I wasn't even thinking of, I tell you what would be really good if I was a positive role model to my kids, because I got to the stage where I had just lost myself and um, really struggled with um, what I could do and which, you know, where I would actually start. Now, the positive yeah. role model actually was a massive um, byproduct of, yeah. of finding my why. But I, I think my, my me for doing this is that it was really, I, I just want to sort of stand up and be counted. I want to be heard. I don't want to be ignored. I don't want to be taken for granted. I, I want to find my voice again. And yet I had no idea where that voice was going to come from and what the heck I was going to say even when I when I sort of just decided yeah. that well enough was enough so how do we find our why because the the why is and actually I sort of find this with kids as well when I'm sort of coaching teenagers a lot of them sort of say you know they, they sort of say well I don't know what it is but I don't want this but what what, what I've got at the minute because it's shit so how do we sort of say how do we find that why and 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 you know what where does it come from I, I think it comes from like deep within and you will only really be able to find your why when you're at a point in your life where as you say you kind of don't feel like you're you're living your life anymore you you've you know you've done the job that you feel like you should have done you know you've been a mum and your, your kids have flown the nest and and actually one of my closest friends, she actually started off um, as a personal training client of mine a, a few years ago. She's got six kids. She's happily married. And her kids have, have now grown up. I think she's still got two in their teens. And she said to me a couple of years ago, like, I, I don't actually feel like now I've got any purpose. I don't really know who I am. Yeah. When, when my other two kids grow up and, and fly the nest, I don't know what I will be doing and this really scared her it, it was it was the, the thing that really made her think like I know that I need to do something for me now yeah because as she will admit her her whole life has been around I need to be this for the kids yeah and then once she started to recognize oh shit like you know my kids might not need me in a few years time that really was the eye-opener that was like now I need to do something for me. Yeah. And I think it's finally, finally, we, we give ourselves permission to um, stop putting everyone first. Yeah. Um, and, and I think you're quite right. That, that, that sort of, that triggered something in me when I suddenly realized, I didn't realize actually in fairness, it was going to happen so quickly, but both my kids, they're 28 and 26 now, but both my kids left home um, within two weeks of each other and that for me was an absolute upset but thankfully I I had I loved being a stay-at-home mum and even now I say it's probably the best job I've ever done and I, I love being a mum but I got to the stage in my mid-40s where I thought crap there's got to be more than this there's got to be life beyond the school run and I suddenly realized if I'm feeling like this now, there is going to be a massive gaping void when the kids leave. And I knew that I would crash and burn if I didn't do anything about it. Yeah. Um, and so I started paving the way, thankfully, um, even when the kids were still at home. So it's not really, we don't actually, I mean, and, but the empty nest was the trigger, was, was you know, was yeah. that the thing that I was desperate to avoid. So I think this is, you know, some mums might be sitting there going, oh, well, my kids are sort of 10 and 12, but they don't actually have to wait until they're sort of 18 and sort of, you know, leaving no. the key, key back under the mat and leaving home. So this this is really relevant for any sort of mum that's thinking, do you know what? 
as much as I love my kids, as much as I love this identity, yeah. I actually want to find out who I am again. That would be fair. Do you know, do you know what? It's 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 really good that you you talk about that now because actually what we said about being the positive role model might actually be like a, a step above you know some people that have got to the point where their kids are like now flying the nest obviously they're at a point where they they need to do something for them yeah but like like you say the 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 parents you know the the mums whose children are say like 10 and 12 like you mentioned those will be the ones that potentially will still be in the mindset of I need to do everything for my kids. Yeah. So they can actually flip that story on its head and use that positive role model um, analogy and use it as a way to be better for their kids, yeah. which actually the paradox of that will be that they'll be better for them anyway. Yes. So it, yes. It's, it's, a, it's, just a, it's just a shift in how you perceive it. And and I think because I, I I did I sort of started um sort of what I started my own business when the kids were sort of you know I don't know ten and twelve that was probably I, I think can't remember it's so long ago, um but my kids started getting it they they actually looked at me through a different lens ha ha there's the pun because I was a photographer. <laughs> um and so they were looking at me differently is and sort of you know mum's going out and taking pictures of of sort of you know weddings and 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 I remember Alice sort of saying to me you know she said well I don't think you should use that sort of font because it cheapens your brand and I was going there that <laughs> is and she was about 12 and this is what we want though isn't it is our kids yeah. uh, especially dare I say it, our daughters to realize please don't try and sort of excel and and have these dreams and then think as soon as you have kids that they you, you know your dreams have to be put in a box yeah. we have to, as you said, be that role model and support our kids and show them by example because they listen, yeah. you know, they listen less and you know, watch more. Yeah. So that our kids can see that, oh my God, even mum can do this. So it must be all right. Or even mum's fallen flat on her face and, and the sky didn't fall in. So it is, it's being about being yeah. brave enough as a mum to realize actually the 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 example you're setting is a phenomenal one, even though it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Like the what you said there about um, like being a, a positive role model is really teaching your kids because you know as you mentioned we don't we don't do as our parents say we we do as they do and I know that from first hand experience okay. yeah like if, if we can see for instance if I saw my mum you know being creative and you know doing things that really like lit her up in life and she was excited about that would have been my reference point for what what life you know what life is actually like what you can do with your life and you know what is actually out there and the potential that we all have within us but we we all have a, a spark of like creative flair and when we come out of childhood a lot of that is just suppressed we're we're told you know go into a trade do this do that rather than like actually doing something that really sets our heart on fire and, yeah. and lights us up and makes us feel passionate about life. And if if I was to see my parents doing that when I was a child, that really would have catapulted me into, but I love writing. I, I absolutely love writing. I've always loved it. And it's only over the last two or three years that I've really started to write again. And it, it really lights me up. My mum was a fantastic writer, but she was so suppressed and she was so... Like, she, her self-worth was so low that she never had the confidence to step out of like societal norms and and do things that she really wanted to do purely for the sake that she just wanted to do them yes and I think that's the thing because we are led to believe that well you can't do that it's terribly selfish and 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 what's the point in that it's not going to earn money or it's not going to do this and so exactly you know and creativity especially you're quite right if there's no use to it what's the point in doing it yeah. Um, and and I think I, I hope things are sort of changing slightly, but I think we still need to sort of, you know, especially the mums need to give ourselves permission to sort of think slightly outside the box. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's exactly it, because it almost comes from a, a rebellious stage, I would say. It, yes. It's rebelling against society's norms. It is. And, and it, it's, you know, us having conversations like this and, you know, other people 
listening and you know thinking oh actually no I, I can do this and sometimes we all need that permission slip yeah and if we can have conversations like this more and you know parents can have conversations like this with their children that will be their permission slip for the next yep. generation and I, I really do sense as you say I do sense that things are changing I, and and but never quickly enough because I'm impatient. No, but but I do I do remember a, a girlfriend of mine when we were sort of sitting over sort of dare I say at the sort of five o'clock Sauvignon when our kids were tiny, <laughs> and, and sort of she I, I sort of said to her I said you've got a book in you and she went yeah I know yeah and I said well come on what are you going to do about it and and sort of you know and well I don't think I'd be good enough and and sadly even now I said we'll try a creative writing course then or and and sadly she never did and I you yeah. just sort of think what a blimmin waste you know and and I think there's often some people that have one book suddenly find that well they might have two or three and I just sort of think that this this mum would have done so well had she just allowed herself even if it meant burning the candle, you know, sort of at both ends, yeah. sitting there at sort of 11 o'clock at night writing the first chapter. But yeah. I think it's a lot to do with, is it is it courage? Do we do we lack the courage or do we not yeah. worthy enough? What is it, Dan, that stops I, us I, taking I would, that step? I would say that we're, we're good at following. We're, we're good at following, but we're not very good at leading. And right. by following you know, the more people that know that they have something to share with the world and the more people that actually share it, they really do become permission for the other people that maybe don't have quite as much confidence and courage to go after it. The more we see people doing it, the more we will be inclined to want to do it because it's um, like the, I can't remember the exact name, but the the person that run the um, marathon, no, the, the mile under a certain time. Like no one had ever broken, yes, yes, yes. Roger no one Ballis. had ever broken that record. And then he done it or she done it. And then everyone's doing it. Yeah, you're quite right. And I, I think it's it's really having like people to, to follow and surrounding yourself in however you choose to do it, on your social media accounts, the books you read, like the places that you go, the interactions, that the friendships that you have, really trying to surround yourself with people that, you know, do inspire you and uplift you and, you know, don't make you feel like your dreams are crazy yeah. or like, you know, you shouldn't be doing this because, you know, you should just be prioritising your children. And yeah. like you could prioritise your children and prioritise yourself. And that that really is the message that I think both of us are, are trying to yeah. push. So you've got a mum sitting in front of you. She is wanting to make the changes. She's sick to death with feeling like an also ran. Um, how does she find her why? Unless she's this sort of closet person that sort of sits there and goes, I know I've blimmin' well got a book in me. But but how, how, because sometimes it's just squished out of you. You just sort of, yeah. you know, it's just like, oh, well, you know, I gave up work 15 years ago. I couldn't go back into the workplace. I don't have the, because comp- that's what happened to me. I, I was in IT before I had kids. So, I mean, there was not a bloody mission. I could go back into IT. The whole blimmin' industry had exploded. I was, I was on mainframes for goodness sake. And so, you know, you look at the big wide world as you're sort of from the comfort of your own home and you just sort of think, I, I, a, I might not feel ready for it and B, well, I just don't know what I can contribute. So how do we find our why? What do we do? Uh, I think it really comes down to sitting with yourself and just really thinking about what lights you up, like what really lights you up, just for the, the simple fact of you just enjoy doing it. And, and once you can really start to figure out what that is, like, you know, for instance, my mum loved writing. She actually wrote a book and never published it because she never had the confidence. She never thought it would be good enough. But if you can actually sit with, you know, yourself for long enough and ask yourself, what actually is it that lights me up in life? And then you could almost start to flip it on its head and create your vision instead of creating your why first. So if you... If you find out what actually lights you up yeah. and then create a vision around that, like, you know, what would I be doing if I had the courage to do it? Like, what, what things really light me up? What, what do I want for my life? What direction do I want to go in? Like, e- even, you know, like materialistic things, like 
what house do I want to live in? Where do I want to live? Like just really get as detailed as you possibly can. And then while you're doing that, you will feel the emotion bubbling up in you and that will connect you to your why. You're so right. I, I, as a, as a sort of mum sitting at home, not knowing what to do, tried so many different things. I think I tried aromatherapy and painting and, and, um, bookkeeping and I did all these things and all of them were yeah not so much not so much no yeah. I do, you know and then my husband one day gave me a camera um god shows how long ago it was I think it had six megapixels I mean how how ridiculous is that but the point is is that it's he and I didn't even know I liked photography but he lit that spark that or this camera lit this spark yeah and then I saw, and someone sort of said to me, oh, you should do this as, as for a living. And I thought, oh, don't be so silly. I've got the kids. I don't have enough time. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but you're quite right. That sort of planted the seed. So it was trying yeah. lots of different things. And that planted the seed as sort of, bloody hell, I, I think I could. I think I could yeah. do this. And was it scary? Hell yes. Um, yeah. You know, and and but it sort of starts opening up that world for for, for people to just I think you're right and it, you get to a point where the excitement outweighs the fear it, and when when you're at that point that's when you just you become not not blinkered because you know you've still got other priorities yeah. in life but you become so much more driven to actually go after it and I think that's the thing, isn't it? And that that is finding the thing. And you might have to sort of try lots of different things before you land, yeah. because there is no way I was going to be, you know, having from experience, uh, I was going to be doing reflexology on gnarly old feet. No, thank you. <laughs> there was no way I was going to be sort of, you know, doing um, um, upholstery because, I, I, I yeah. you know, but you're quite right. And then once you've got that spark, it's actually once it's there, it's it's a matter of sort of kin- rekindling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit. But once it's burning, you actually find it's really quite hard to put it out, which is it, really yeah. quite exciting. And actually, that is is really fantastic that you said that because actually, what once that that spark has been lit, like you say, that that will always be there, and it it will be it will be tugging, it will it will be trying to direct you. It yeah. will be. And every time that you let fear get the better of you, this flame and that voice will get louder and louder and louder until you actually have the courage to act on it. I mean, and that and that is that is always a leap of faith. It's always scary. But I think also when you've got a coach who is supporting you, there is someone who is has a slightly more objective point of view who yes. your, who is championing you and who is supporting you and is sort of basically going the sky's not going to fall in if something goes wrong and i think that is so valuable for women to just allow themselves that opportunity to dream exactly but what and what you said about having a coach i the first coach that i had was about 5 years ago um, just before I, I opened the personal training studio and I, I had all the fears and all the stories and I, I can't, you know, what if this goes to shit and I, you know, I don't make it a success of it. And, and she said to me, I, I won't say the exact words, but she said, <laughs> yeah, she said, you could, you can always go out and suck for a living, yes. which we actually put everything into perspective because like, yes, um, we, we have so so many opportunities to be able to earn money so why not go after something that really lights us up and you know you're quite right you don't have to be the best do you, you no can just do the very best that you can um because I remember when, when I was doing this photography and I just sort of and I was doing lots of stuff for my family and I did them a Christmas book or something and someone saw it and said I would pay and not not in the family I would pay good money for that I need something like that for my family and I think the thing is is that it it doesn't we don't actually when we have to say you've got to have a vision this vision doesn't have to be sort of you know let's use photography as an example you you don't have to be the next David Bailey and start looking for for, you know for, for awards it's it's just a sort of what happens if I just try this? What happens if I just try that? Yeah. And, and maybe people don't even want to coach. Actually, when I was doing the photography, I didn't. But it's surround, surrounding yourself, as you sort of said earlier, by like-minded people, people that sort of are there to support you. And I yeah. had a great cohort of photographers 
Um, some of whom, thankfully, I, I felt a bit better about myself because I felt that I was better than them, and only because photography is really subjective, you know. And I suddenly realised, no way am I doing wildlife, or you know, but but yeah. others who actually dragged you along, who had walked that path, and who supported you, and and sort of had that empathy and the sympathy and I think this is probably where you fit in is that you have seen how women feel and you have seen that you know the sort of how how dare I say maybe talents have been made with your mum talents have been yeah. wasted perhaps and yeah. and I guess that's probably your why is it is just to sort of not yeah it, it so the reason why I've become a personal trainer was because I wanted to open a personal training studio that was focused on helping um, women that were self-conscious about going into a big commercial gym. Okay, and fair, yeah. It, it, it was because my mum didn't have the confidence to go to a gym. So I, I wanted something that was small and had a, a nice community feel to it. And without getting too um, spiritual or woo-woo. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I like work. spiritual and woo. Oh, no, I like right. that. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. So the deeper I've gone into spirituality and uh, away from, like, my religious upbringing, there's there's been this message that I've held on to, and it's basically we have desires because God has put those desires in us because we have medicine to share. Yeah. And if we didn't if we didn't have that little desire or that little oh I, I enjoy doing this or you know that that little thing of write a book that my mum had and you know all those little things they God wouldn't have put them there if they weren't meant to be there. And if we can actually yeah, if we feel like we we need something to hold on to 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 give us the confidence and and the drive, maybe for some people hearing you know that that perspective that God or the higher power or the divine has put that in you to share with the world, maybe that will be the the catalyst to actually allow people, you know, or, or enable people to feel confident enough to to just do it, and right. and just really recognise that. It's in you for a reason. Totally. And I'm going to go a bit more woo and say that um, I firmly believe that it's the your your sole purpose. Um, yes. But, but that said, funnily enough, it's allowed to evolve. It's allowed to change, isn't it? Because because yeah. I, I must admit, when I was a computer programmer, I never I didn't even know what sole purpose was, but I knew that I wasn't. No. I wasn't destined to do this for the rest of my life. But I sort of did the the photography and loved it and was okay at it and then suddenly lost my mojo. And so I sort of had to go back to basics again and write, okay, well, what yeah. am I going to do? What? And so I started doing more stuff and, and became a childline volunteer. And that created another spark that said, oh, okay, right. Well, this is what I, I suddenly realized that, that the, the struggles that kids were, were, were going through and I just thought I, I, I actually, and that you know that this is what you're sort of saying. You know, be it divine, be it whatever. I knew that that was the thing that yes. I needed to do. So we might not find it in our twenties or our thirties or even our forties. No. And and you know, just keep looking because yeah, it it, it is, and and you actually feel it, don't you? It's 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 that yeah, sense yeah. of knowing um, yeah. when it suddenly I felt as though the light came on. Um, and and, it, and it, it's it's a knowing that you just you can't you can't verbalize. It's yes. it's it's deeper than words. It just yeah. as you say, you just know. Mm -hmm. And and that's the thing, as you said earlier. However hard we might sort of try and suppress it, but that 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 sort of niggle in your head, it just gets bigger yeah. and bigger and bigger, and it and does. eventually it does come out. Um, and it's just a matter of. Dare I say surrendering it and surrendering to it? Yeah, that is such a huge word. And and actually, what I've recognised probably over the last six, well, probably over lockdown throughout this whole, you know, 12, 15 month period, that actually everything has been a stepping stone to lead me to this point. I needed yeah. the, all the experience and the lessons and you know, all the mistakes that I made. And I, I needed all that. That was all part of the plan. Yeah. Not not the not the conscious plan, but it was yes. part of the plan to get me to this point where I'm at now. And I'm sure this point will be the next step and stone to get me to the next point. Uh, 
And I think that's the wonderful thing is the fact that, you know, when we are creating this vision, we don't have to have it all mapped out. It's just having the courage of taking one step forward. It is. And then it eventually starts opening up, doesn't it? And it might go down a totally different route than we expected. Yeah. And and that's all right. And that's exactly what you just said about surrender. Just going with the flow. And, And just... Trust and, that, and that's what I've sort of started to do. Dare I say, it, is to trust that actually, I call it the universe. But the universe has a bigger, and it's always going to be better than my sort of you know small mind. Yeah. Of, you know, and it's going to have it has a bigger vision. And sometimes I'm sort of you know something, an opportunity lands in my lap, and I go seriously. Yeah. And yet, <laughs> why not? Because I keep and this is what I sort of say to clients and my kids is, do you know what? The sky's not going to fall in if you just try. And as you said, yeah. you can suck at this, but it doesn't really matter. Exactly. And yeah. it, it's funny how, like, narcissistic I've been and egotistical and, like, you know, telling myself I'm not good enough. And, yeah. like, God created me. Like, who am I to say that what God created isn't good enough? Yeah. And w- when you start looking from that perspective, your eyes just open up and you you start you start focusing more on the bigger picture rather than like your own little insecurities and your own fears. And obviously it, it takes a lot to be able to work through that, that first point where, you know, you're right down that rabbit hole where you, you know that I don't want to be here anymore. I need yeah. something more than this. Yeah. But then once you start climbing out of that, you, you get to a point where your eyes are just, you're looking at the world through almost like childlike wonder. And that's that's exactly it. And and this is, you know, so going back to what you said about don't feel good enough, don't want to be here. Imagine if you heard your child saying this. And exactly. you know, what would you be saying to them? Well, let's do this, let's open up, you know, let's try something else. So surely we should be saying that to ourselves, surely. Yeah, that that's that's one of the things I, I always say. What what would you say to your child? Yeah. And instantly that that does that just that that knocks you out of the I'm not good enough, I can't do this. Well, it takes you out of that narcissistic bubble, doesn't it? It does. Narcissist, I don't know if that's the right word, but it just takes you self-absorbed, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, and 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 it sort of allows you to just sort of think it, it nothing has to be perfect, but you no. may as well just it's in, I keep on sort of saying imperfect action is so much better, it's going to get you forward. Yeah. Um, or even sideways, who cares? You know, just keep yeah. trying. And and recognizing that just recognizing the impermanence of everything. Yeah. Like you, you can make a decision, you know, choose to go down one path and it might not feel right, like you said. Yeah. That's fine. Choose another path. There, yeah. There's always other doors that you can open and there's always different paths that you can take. And as as long as you're you know, doing the things that you feel like you need to do, like yes. looking after your children and taking care of your responsibilities, making sure that you're doing something for yourself absolutely is a priority. Because and it's otherwise, a responsibility as well, isn't it? it yeah, it's yeah. We, we have that responsibility to actually live life to the full. Like, I, I don't want to say like God wants us to, but yeah, that that's that's what I mean. You know, yeah. we, we've been given this blessing, so. Let's just live it. And and so, I I mean I I have done this. I I have reinvented myself a number of times. Um, you know, and it, funnily enough, usually sort of hinges on a big birthday. So Lord knows what's going to happen on the next big <laughs> birthday. You know, who, who knows? But I I am so open to it. But the point is, is that it's it's all very well sort of you know you go right hurrah I the scales have fallen yeah. from my eyes and I and I've got this big vision but how do we maintain it because I know from experience that I have run out of juice on many occasions and just yeah. and even sort of you know my my I, I sort of you know did, did a watercolor course and sort of well you know just I don't think I completed it yeah how do I how do how does someone just keep going and and creating that create that consistency do you know what and this is my opinion but I truly believe that the most important thing that we can do and if we're not doing this, we won't have the foundation to sustain like that vision and really go after it is take care of our body because oh, we, okay. we live in our body 100% of the time. Yeah. I, I need to, I need to listen up because I think that's probably the bit that I neglect the most. 
I, I, yeah. I look after my mind. I, I think I feed my body okay, but um, I'm not so good at the physical bits. I'm not very good at exercise. So, okay, this is this is a totally selfish question, and, and I hope other people don't mind, but how the heck, Dan, do I build physical exercise to look after my body? How do I build that into my regime? How do I make it a good habit or whatever you want to call it if I just sort of, it's not my priority? How right. do I find that? So again, I would go back to the, the, the two things that we spoke about earlier, and that's your why. Why, why do you want to be healthy? Why, why is it important to you? And then create a vision for like the highest version of you, you know, the ultimate version of who do you want to be? Like, if you could have this ideal version of you, how would you look like? And but how how would you be? I I just I've just had a light bulb moment because I do this for my career. Mm -hmm. I have visions and I have my why and I sit there and navel gaze. I have never done that for my physical fitness or my health. It's an absolute game changer. I need I need to get my, my I, I need to get my why and my uh, and my vision out, don't I? Yeah. I hadn't even thought of dear God <laughs> says says the coach. Oh bloody hell! <laughs> well, yeah. it's 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 Jeez. one of those things that we all do. You know, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Well, we all we all do it. I need to treat I need to treat my physical health like a, a sort of project, don't I? Yeah, and and actually, we're we're sold on like these huge drastic changes because it, yeah. it's sexy to you know do these detox diets and, yeah. and you know do all the things. But actually, and especially over the last two or three years that I've been coaching people and I've actually learned behavior change coaching so they could implement these changes. Yeah. It's really just looking at where people currently are right now and making two to three small manageable changes each week. So, okay. for instance, if if you don't prioritize eating like, you know, three healthy meals a day. Oh, no, I'm look good at, at that bit, but Yes. Yeah. Like, other, sorry, I talked across you because other people might not be prioritizing. So, that, that's okay. so, so, for instance, you know, look at what you have for breakfast and then over the course of the week, make sure that you eat like a, a nutritious breakfast. Then once you've nailed that the week after, then you could look at lunches and, and dinners and, and so on. Also steps. I, I think so many people have this like um, this belief that you, you have to hit 10,000 steps a day. And it, it's it's been sold to. Yeah, it's been sold to everyone. But imagine telling a single parent, you know, mum of, say, three or four kids who is struggling to even, like, feed herself. Imagine telling her she's got to go out and do 10,000 steps a day. It's not going to happen. So if, if I could say to her, how many steps are you doing now? And say, for instance, you know, say she's got a Fitbit or she, yeah. she knows roughly that she, she goes out for a walk for 10 minutes a day or whatever. I, I would say so. How could you look to make improvements on that? Yeah. And it's really just moving the needle slightly rather than going from where people are to where they want to be and then trying to make that huge jump because that's so overwhelming. And people will then begin to feel like a failure, which will just yeah. knock their confidence even more. It, it's a bit like sort of saying, right, I, I, I want to lose X stone or whatever. I'm suddenly going to go keto and, and, and you know, yeah. or, or whatever and, and, and or vegan. And you've got sort of the, the rest of the family to support. So it is. It's those little baby steps, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then that, I guess, is where we start getting the, the little successes and that builds the confidence and keeps the momentum. Going. Exactly. It, it's just ticking those little boxes each week. And then the more boxes you tick, the more confidence you'll have. And then that vision will really start to come to life because you'll yeah. see it being a reality. Yeah, I, I think I think probably my my new project is going to be my my physical health, and um, I think in all the past ex times I've approached this, I have always set myself up to fail because I've had this too grand a vision probably, and tried to get there too quickly. And as you say, it's building those gentle micro habits i suppose that exactly yeah exactly yeah and that really is what makes it long-term and sustainable and it actually becomes part of your identity 
you you become someone that prioritizes eating healthy you become someone that prioritizes exercise and you, know, you become someone that prioritizes their health rather than someone that feels crap and then goes on a diet loses some weight and then puts the weight back on feels crap and then just constantly in this cycle you actually change your whole identity to someone that makes it a priority I, and I guess sort of so you know because I I, sort of, I asked you and you, your your answer was that the the physical and looking after your body was the game changer. I, I guess is that what it gives you clarity, it clears the head, and it makes you feel better about yourself, and yeah. it what gives you motivation and all the, all of the good things that are leading up to maybe making a difference or taking a leap of faith elsewhere as well. Exactly, and because. When, when we make like physical changes that you can see in your yeah. body, it, yeah. it gives you that confidence to think, well, if I can do this with my body, what can I create for the ex- you know in the external world? And what can I actually make my reality? And it's it's being able to look after yourself, you know, have have the clarity that I oh, actually I am good enough, I can do this. And then from that point, then you really start to have more self-belief. Your self worth increases. You you stop doubting yourself. You you just feel better about yourself, and you can actually. This is one of the things that I, I coach my clients through as well. It's mirror work that they will actually start to look in the mirror and see a different person, not just look at someone that needs to lose weight around their hips yep. or you know that don't like their their double chin or, or whatever the case may be. They see someone that they actually begin to start liking. And then from that point, the more they start to like themselves, that can transition into self-love. And then from self-love, like this limitless, you you will you will just go after what your heart tells you to go after. And all of this is I, I always say self-care is um not a luxury, it's an absolute necessity. Yeah. And all of this paves the way to becoming. A better mum, a better yeah. parent, a, a, a better sort of you know human being. Exactly, a, 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 a better friend, a better daughter, a better colleague, but just yes, yeah, yeah. and and feeling more confident about it and less selfish. I think because I think we yeah. we are um, we are told that you know as a mum you really shouldn't be putting yourself first because think about everyone yeah. else. So. Yeah, I think what one of the main like narratives that women are, are kind of um, led to believe is that they need to look a certain way. God, and actually, it's it's not only detrimental, but it it stops women from doing it for themselves. Yeah. They 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 feel like they need to do it to fit into like a, a societal norm, and actually. It, when you can start to create a story for like who you want to be and why you want to be, yeah, then you can actually start to implement these things because you're, you're not doing it for anyone else. You're doing it for you, and that really is the motivation to like catapult you forward. And and this couldn't be better timed for for mums who are potentially coming out of lockdown. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's June whilst we're recording this. Um, but sort of, you know, mum's coming out of lockdown. Mum's coming on to, you know, getting a beach body ready. I mean, yeah. seriously. And actually, it's, I think when you start feeling better about yourself, you start shining that light from within, don't you? Which then starts radiating and no one gives us, you know, no one cares. Your kids certainly, certainly don't care if you don't look fabulous in your swimsuit or bikini. No. They just want to have mama there so they can just have fun and just just have a happy mum to support them in their childhood. Exactly. And and we can always sense, like, I could always sense growing up that my mum didn't have much confidence because she would, she she's quite small in stature anyway, but she would, you know, she would be, her energy would be physically small. She would be timid. And and when you start to you know look after your body and, and take care of yourself, instantly you start to stand more upright. Yeah, you do. And you feel better. And then the doors that have always been opened for you 
you then have the confidence to walk through yeah. rather than you know not even noticing that the doors are open like you know seeing a world like that yeah once you start to feel better you instantly the, the blinkers go up. don't they and, and they do. yeah yeah and just feel a little bit braver about taking the next step forward yeah Dan, my man, thank you so much for this. Oh my goodness! I, I it, it's am, been a fantastic conversation. I've, I've loved really it. enjoyed it. You, you're, thank you so much. You've just not only helped a load of blooming women out there. You've, <laughs> you, you, you've helped this one that you're peering at right now. So, thank well, you, you. you've helped me because I, I love conversations like this. It's just so rewarding, and and it's just, I think. Because I've been there and sort of done it and and, and yet still clearly um, have work to do on myself as well. But I, I yeah, light bulb for me. Just keep <laughs> your physical health as a project, Kai, and and, uh, and just enjoy the process, I think the thing is. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Dan, thank you so much indeed. That has been. Thank you for time. inviting me on. All right. I shall speak to you soon. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you found this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at kygraham.com. And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favour, please? Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. And a good one, by the way. (laughs) Because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love.